everybody, Bob WP here, and we are back with a Do the Woo episode 71. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, Jonathan. Jonathan, hey, Bob. joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing much better now. I appreciate uh, the accommodating a reschedule. I had a fun Labor Day weekend, but pulled my back a little bit mm-hmm. and um, got to go to a chiropractor yesterday, feeling much better. And it was worth it. It was uh, It was worth it. So um, if Jonathan says anything weird, we know he's on med. So um, we'll just I'm not. Maybe I should be. But. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, we have a couple great guests. They, um, the pros in the space, and they've been around for a while. But before we dive into that, quick shout out to our sponsors, WooCommerce.com, 4.5. Just came out earlier this week, and... Hope you're on that. A minor update, a little bit of stuff with the onboarding. You'll notice something different there. Check out WC.com. Great way to redo your checkout. Streamlines the account process. Also by allowing customers to create an account without additional information. And go WP.com for that maintenance. You need somebody in there taking care of your client sites. They have a great white label services, their support staff, everybody at GoWP is awesome. So do check them out. Well, we have Brian Richards and Patrick Rawl, and they've both been on my shows before. They've been around forever. It seems like I've known these two forever. How are you both doing? Hey, Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing swell. Thanks for inviting me today. I'm excited to be here. Cool. And Patrick? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, so Jonathan, you had a good Labor Day. Uh, we had like really sunny. It was beautiful. It was 90 degrees. And now it's snowing. Oh, what? Uh, so 2020 <laughs> is just the year that keeps giving. So it, I was wow. at the pool on Monday and it snowed last night. So I'm doing great. Though. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It is. That's, where Where are you, Patrick? I'm in Denver. Wow, snow. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, yeah. I heard that was coming, like, so I was wondering if you were going to mention that. I was kind of hoping you would. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We we had a crazy windstorm pickup where, like, um, we went river rafting Monday, or Sunday, rather. Yeah, Monday. It was Monday. No, Sunday. <laughs> it's all a blur at this point. Sunday, we were river rafting, but the wind was already starting to get fairly strong that the waves were going upstream. So it was a fairly unproductive river rafting. But then Monday, it just picked into a proper windstorm. And uh, so no snow, though. That, uh, that takes the cake. It's a little, seems a little early for snow. But 90 degrees to snowing. It's yeah. a 60 degree swing, man. It is. It is. It's a little extreme. <laughs> I oh mean, so, like 2020 is just so crazy. And so anytime I can just do a regular nice podcast with Bob, it's it's nice. It's calming. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not over yet. Yeah, really. Hopefully we bring a little relief into your life. Well, how I start this out always is, and both of you, I know there's, there's no um, loss for words to this question. For either one of you, and I'll start with Brian. Hey, Brian, how do you do the woo? What, how do you do it? You know, oh, a few different ways. So, for my own site on wpsessions.com, I have a subscription based membership. So, I'm running my own store there with both subscriptions and memberships turned on, and a bunch of custom stuff happening for what I need. Uh, I also uh, have historically helped lots of different clients get their sites up and running. That was always a joy to say like, oh yeah, 
by the way, you could have an e-commerce store. You're selling this stuff? Let's take that online. Uh, and to see all of the ideas sort of expand from their mind from there has been a joy. Um, and then one of the things that I do uh, together with Patrick is run Woosesh to teach all kinds of store builders all around the world how they can do more incredible things with WooCommerce. Excellent. And I know that, um, um, Patrick, for a long time, you have seriously done the woo. And so, so how do you do the woo these days? So, uh, I've done lots of stuff in the past, uh, worked for WooCommerce. Uh, I, I built lots of client sites, uh, two new things this year, Bob, uh, I run my own store. So there's, if you go to laidback.games, I sell a cute little game called Fry Thief. Um, it's just a, personal project I ran for a couple of years and it's, it's fun to sell stuff on your own site. And also Bob, it's really good to like, I talk about WooCommerce all the time. It's really good to have learned experience. So I'm enjoying that. And I also work at Nexus now. Uh, we're a hosting company. We do awesome hosting, including um, a, we have a managed WooCommerce product. So I get to, I'm kind of looking at it more on like the speed side now, Bob, like I get to like learn how how to like optimize WooCommerce, which is something I just didn't focus on a lot before. So it's fun to get into the optimization side of it. Yeah. So so we got some serious wooness here today. This is this is <laughs> overflowing majorly. Um I, I just want to hear you both have the journey to it is, you know, we don't want to take the whole show just talking that. But I'd love to hear uh, just kind of in a nutshell how you got into WordPress and then where did uh, Woo come in along the way? Why don't we start with Brian? Uh, so, yeah. So I first started using WordPress when I was in college. I had a roommate who loved WordPress. Uh, he was a blogger. And uh, I was looking for something to use for a project. He's like, well, you should, you should use WordPress for this. I'm like, yeah, but this isn't, this isn't a blog. Like, I'm building a site with a bunch of <laughs> content that's sort of categorized and grouped. And at that same time, I started to realize that all of these sites that I was frequenting were all WordPress under the hood, uh, courtesy of them saying powered by WordPress in their footer. I'm like, oh, hang on. So it's not just for straight up blogs. Let me take a more serious look at this. And so I would say it must have been 2007 was my first year. WordPress 2.3 had just dropped. And so tags had been merged into core out of a, a plugin. And it was an exciting time to figure things out. And uh, I used it for myself for a couple of projects. Uh, I, one of my first sites was a Photoshop tutorial site called Ooh. photoshopkid.com. Nice. It was very short-lived, um, but it was a lot of fun. I had designed a custom theme, and the, the layout looked exactly like Photoshop. And the layers palette in Photoshop was actually the site menu in this WordPress theme that I designed. It was a lot of fun. So you'd basically click on the, the, the layer in the panel, and that was whatever page you wanted to see. And the visibility icon would travel so you could see which page was active. And then for, uh, I took it a step further. There's this fantastic JavaScript library called Scriptaculous that uh, let you do lots of very fancy animations for writing zero custom code. So I made it so that you could rearrange the layout, just like you would drag the different panels in Photoshop around. And so you could have your own sort of unique experience while you're browsing the site. It was a lot of fun. Uh, then I used it for a bunch of clients. And uh, now uh, I 
teach people how to do incredible things with it on WP Sessions. I bring other people in to teach that. And that was born from my agency life and recognizing that I had all of these blind spots from being sort of a self-directed learner in web mm. development. And that triggered the realization that everybody has blind spots because we're all self-directed because the web is so new and changing all the time. But none of us have the same blind spots. So uh, for the last seven years, I've been mm. learning about learning and helping other people learn the things that I know and that other experts know in WordPress. And uh, I picked up WooCommerce right at the beginning, uh, right before even V1 dropped. I'm like, this is going to be really amazing because it was an extensions-based design. So you have just like this tight core yeah. that's like, all right, here's how e-commerce happens. Oh, you need to sell on uh, with these payment gateways? No problem. Add those extensions. Oh, you're doing subscriptions? No problem. We've got an extension for that. And I love the extensibility because it was just like WordPress in that regard. And so I picked it up for myself, but also for clients, like I said. And it's just been a lot of fun and experimentation the entire way. Cool. Patrick, how about yourself? You know, I, I don't want to give you the whole story because we're going to be here a, a while, but I will give you, I'll give you the starting point because I think that's the most important part. I used to do custom PHP development um, of just like websites. We did a lot of custom stuff. It was my first job out of college and it was great. Um, it, it was fun. It was good, but I got tired of building login pages. Like there's just certain functionality that doesn't need to be custom, like logging into your website. You don't need to reinvent the wheel every time. And I'm like copying and pasting code from previous projects. And that's how I got into WordPress is like, I don't want to build login pages anymore. And then, you know, we had more and more clients who just had like regular pages and they wanted a blog. And you're like, oh, this is way easier. So I started from like the custom PHP side. And then I got into WordPress and then I found a WordPress meetup group. And that I think was like, I think that meetup group was like pivotal for me because mm. it turned me from like a, a person who's like using WordPress and just, I don't know, like cramming it in. And then I'm learning about, oh, like Backup Buddy. And I'm learning, and then I learned about e-commerce and WooCommerce. And I learned about all these things. I learned about Backup Buddy about a month before my first site was ever hacked. So like, <laughs> like the, the benefit of this WordPress meetup group was like perfect, right? Where like oh, everything... Wow. It was just good timing. And then they recommended WooCommerce for e-commerce. It was my first e-commerce... Pro no, that's not true. It was my first e-commerce project from, from scratch. I had maintained other people's e-commerce projects, but I hadn't built one myself from the ground up. And I loved it. Um, I loved it so much. Yeah, and, uh, Brian, you, you already said it right, but just like the extensions model is a great way to do it where core package, add on all the features you want. It's beautiful. Yeah, I forgot to mention, as you just said, that not having to do the same thing over and over again was huge to be able to just have like, all right, well, here's like WordPress core and the six or seven plugins that basically I need for every site that I'm building for my clients. The other catalyst was I wanted to give my clients some agency and being able to update their own site, or at the very least, make it easier for me to update their site versus just static HTML and CSS like I'd been writing for all of the years prior to that. Patrick, your experience feels a little atypical. It's not like we're... So for some developers, it's counterintuitive where it's like, well, that's how you get paid to sort of reinvent the wheel over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. Or or do something entirely custom. So it's it's cool to hear that it sounds like, and, and the meetup group, what was it about it? Was it just the... Uh, just the, the people themselves? Was it like, is there anything that stood out to you from those initial experiences that sort of helped you buy in? Sure. Well, let me... Okay, so I'll answer this in two parts. The first thing is 
the let so I love building custom functionality. That's how I got started. Okay. Like yeah. just just writing PHP and MySQL code to do whatever crazy stuff a client wants. I love that. Um, and if I can spend less time building a login page, I can spend more time okay. doing the cool custom coding stuff. So I think that's the way I looked at it. Is I'm going to spend the same. You know, I'm going to spend. This client can afford 30 hours of my time. Um, I'll spend two hours setting up WordPress and making that beautiful and 28 hours doing custom coding stuff. So I think that was the angle. That was the the frame I used. And the meetup group was, um, it was, uh, I think the best way to phrase it is, uh, there's an expression here I'm not remembering, but it was an opportunity that was just sitting there. Mm -hmm. Someone had started a meetup group in a town just south of where I lived. And there was like a hundred members in it, but they'd never had their first meeting. And so it was just sort of this like beautiful, like a hundred people like want to meet about this. And I convinced my boss to say, Hey, I will learn more from this meetup group than by doing an hour of Googling. Um, like I will just learn by osmosis by hanging out with people. And so that meetup group was great. And so I became the de facto leader. Someone started it. A hundred people had joined. No one had set up the first meeting. I set up the first meeting at a coffee shop. Also, this is cheating. I'm a morning person. It was definitely a morning, uh, a morning meetup. <laughs> I was having coffee. I was having biscuits and things, whatever. Uh, and it was, it was great. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I, does that answer the question? Yeah. It, well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, so had you done meetups before that? Was there no. anything about it? There was yeah, there's a there's a local meetup, like a local web meetup. That was everything. So there's like a Drupal person, WordPress people, Magento people. Um, that was everything. So it was really nice to have a WordPress specific meetup group. Nice, nice. That's very cool. This episode is brought to you by GoWP, your partner to help you sell maintenance programs to your clients while growing your business. Now, your expertise in designer development should not be weighed down with shop maintenance. And the best solution is to hand off that low-value work that can often eat up your days. Making sure your client's sites are healthy and up-to-date is critical. We all know that. And their white-label service provides you with their engineers and developers as an extension to your team. And that even extends to their knowledge base. It's filled with pricing page templates, lead magnets, and maintenance plan documentation that you can edit and use yourself. Topping that off is a content edit request service. From experience, I know that any Woo shop, their success is based on fresh and up-to-date content. Often it gets overlooked, it gets neglected. Well, GoWP has a service that will cover that for your clients and your agency. Personally, I know that you will not regret extending your services through GoWP and leaving your clients in safe and comfortable hands. I suggest you head on over to GoWP and sign up for their free partner account. That's GoWP.com. Now let's head back to the show. So you mentioned 2020. 2020 is on all of our minds in, in different ways, shapes, and forms. And, and for some, we'd rather it not be on our minds right now. As I've looked at it, it, it feels like uh, it's just really been an accelerator of existing trends. We've, we've seen this really strongly in the world of e-commerce. I'm curious for the two of you, like you, you have a unique vantage point where you're, you've been in this ecosystem for a long time with WordPress and Woo. 
And you're both like in this, uh, Brian, you have the events kind of focus, Patrick, you work like, right. Like, this is what you're doing day in and day out. Uh, I'm curious what opportunities or, or, or some of the, the challenges and opportunities that are standing out most to you within this world of e-commerce. Um, Patrick, how, so let's start with you. Oh, that's a good question. Um, so, let me start with at the start of the pandemic, um, we actually saw, or maybe a sort of lockdown quarantine, you know, yeah. mid-March, we saw a ton of people sign up. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool that um, people face this adversity. Hey, you're stuck inside at home. You can't go to work unless you have a work from home job. And actually we had a ton of people sign up and like want to create either a WordPress or a WooCommerce site. Yeah. And I, I, that actually gives me like a little bit of hope that like, People are doing cool things when they're locked down. Um, I, and I want to help those people so much. Right? Like we, we worked on like a, a better onboarding email sequence just to like help, the, like make sure they have all the links they need, all, all that stuff. I think there's still a lot of opportunity uh, to... to I, I think this is a reminder that you want to be like... You want to have some control over your finances and uh. like start your own little side business. I had someone message me on Facebook yesterday and they said, I, I also make courses for LinkedIn Learning. And they said, Patrick, I found your course on LinkedIn Learning. Uh, this pandemic has made me realize how important it is to have like some sort of like financial independence. And I want to thank you so much. And and then there's there's other stuff we chatted about after that. But that's actually I I'm I love WooCommerce as a vehicle for people to like take agency over their 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 life and their finances and and have it be like a little side hustle in addition to your main job or have it be your full-time thing um if it it grows that big that's that's what i that's what i really like about it and what i i hope more people can do i hope more people are creative and you know sell tutoring or sell guitar lessons uh there's so many things you can do remotely um the the last thing i just want to say this is unrelated to woocommerce but I have found there's a lot, like I've been playing some board games online and normally I, I don't, I love playing them in person, but I don't normally play them online. And there have been these online leagues that have just been like a forming because mm. of the quarantine. And I, I think there's space for people to make online communities now, like there hasn't been before. So like this, these board games that I've been playing online, there's like giant discord servers where people are just getting on together and play games. And I think there's still opportunity for you to create your own community um, and maybe monetize it in some way, um, sell a product or help help people out that are playing games or doing whatever they're doing online. I just want to touch on that for a moment and then, then go to you, Brian. With So I started my Woo Meetup uh, here locally in March of this year. And then a few days later, sent out the announcement that, okay, all the meetups are now switched to virtual. So it was an interesting, it was an interesting time because like, the first meeting was physical in the lo- and then uh, thereafter, it was, it's been a weekly and it's been happening virtually. And it's been really interesting. The one thing and on the positive side, I've been blown away by um, the meetups, like the Woo meetups are overall doing really well. They, they're growing and people have, I think, primed by, like you said, this sense of, okay, we need to take some more agency. We need to do things. There's a lot of interest. One of the unique opportunities that's come about with everything being virtual is people <laughs> visiting lots of different meetups. And jumping in here, jumping in there, like uh, someone talk, like they're traveling to London, they're traveling to India, like they're and all from the convenience of their home. So that that's been great. Uh, I I think it's interesting to also think about as much as I don't like to some of the challenges and downsides mm-hmm. because it, all of this can be, and and I'll bring that back to the opportunity. I, I love that you brought up like the board games. We as humans need connection. 
-hmm. And the internet can provide us these opportunities. It's not the same. It doesn't have to be, and it's not necessarily better or worse, depending on how you sort of go about it. But um, so, yeah, I, I agree entirely. There's a lot of opportunity right now in the community space and the community building space where people can connect who wouldn't otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I, I think and, and want to and believe that once we're back to being able to meet, those who have made those connections now are going to be that much stronger for it on the other side. Yeah, I love all that. And I, you just reminded me of something uh, about the pandemic is this is a time where people are changing habits. And I'm including yes. myself here where I so I felt stuck inside. I, I live in like a, a downtown in an apartment. So like I don't have like a big backyard or anything. And so at the end of my workday now, I take it's basically like an hour, sometimes an hour 15 walk. And it's just like it's my like the workday is done. I'm going on a walk. I listen to the podcast. I, I walk the dog. And I've been doing it now for like four months. Oh, like it's amazing. You know, and I probably even when this pandemic is done, that habit is still probably going to stay. So I wonder what other what other habits people are forming. Where if you can get people to like use your product and their habits, you're going to be good to go. Uh, that'll yeah. be like a good business opportunity. Brian, so you're in the event space. <laughs> what uh, how's what's the impact? What are the, what are the challenges and opportunities that you've seen with this switch to so much happening online? It's been wild. So uh, it, it, quickly in my local community, it's been wonderful to see all of the local businesses uh embrace e-commerce particularly restaurants right where it has been historically difficult for them to say like oh yeah we're gonna offer delivery to now say like wow we can get food from any of the restaurants nearby to our house uh, it's been really nice and for events it's been a wild roller coaster i was originally going to run four virtual conferences this year just mine. So WordSesh split into three regional events for WordPress developers, and then WooSesh, which is still coming in October, for store builders, like I mentioned early on. And that was going to be it. And then the world started to shut down in February, was shut down in March, and all of the physical events were now done. Yeah. And I had so many people reach out like, Brian, uh, you've done this before. How could we do this? Could you run our event? Could you teach us how to run an event? And I didn't realize until that point that I had been spending the past seven years preparing for this moment. And so I have already run 11 conferences this year, and I still have two more in front of me. And it's been intense. I really feel for everyone who is used to running physical events because virtual events are not an accurate facsimile of what mm. it's like to have a physical conference. They are completely different things. And this is very il easily illustrated in just the single point of the hallway track that most wow. conferences have, where you serendipitously run into someone whom you might not have otherwise seen, and you have perhaps a life-altering conversation. I've had many of those uh, at different conferences where a few chance conversations completely altered the course of my business for a given year yeah. and had a tremendous improvement. You can't really do those in a virtual event. And to try and do them is very difficult. 
because they're just built into physical events. One, uh, at a physical event, someone comes at the beginning of the day, they're probably going to stay for the entire day, regardless yeah. of what's happening in the programming, regardless of what kind of emails they get, because it's like, well, no, I'm, I'm here. And at a digital event, that's not the case. They might show up for a session in the morning and then split. Or they'll come in the afternoon and they'll, they'll tune in and out. Uh, you're not necessarily going to have their entire attention. And that's okay. I've, I've thought about that as I've been designing my events, that I need to design them so that it's easier for people to come and go as they need to throughout the day. Uh, we've made talks shorter. We've made the entire programming shorter. For Woosesh, we decided we're, we're aiming for like a five-hour-long day, which still seems like a lot to sit in Zoom, um, but that's also inclusive of a 15-minute break every hour so you can completely disengage. And uh, it's basically two talks that you can watch in an hour. And we're, gonna, we're trying to, I don't know how well we'll be able to do this with the actual programming when we're done, sort of put similar topics together. So if you're only wow. interested in one topic, you can come and watch those two and, and bounce. But you can't still get the the real community feel of a physical event because there are so many different opportunities for these individual conversations to happen. Like I mentioned in the hallways, you're moving from one session to another uh, at a meal afterwards yeah. beforehand. And it's very easy as a participant to like walk into a conversation, see what it's about and be like, ah, actually this one's not for me. And then walk to the next one, see what that's about. And like, ah, this is it. Uh, that's really hard to do virtually outside of having like, an actual virtual 3D meeting space where people are moving around, which has been experimented with at lots of conferences. And I thought about that for a little while. Like that's a layer that I don't really want to add to my events for this year. But yeah, it's been bananas seeing practically every event go online or just get canceled. Uh, Brian, with how much you've learned about what works and what doesn't, where where do you see the opportunities like in that in that event space? Because we in the WordPress ecosystem are dramatically affected by this, right? Like meetups is a big part of this. What, what's the, so? What's some of the opportunity that you see that maybe isn't being capitalized on yet? Yeah. So my my current leaning is that topical based conversations are going to work much better than uh, like what I've been doing with WordSesh, which has always been most easily related to a, a digital WordCamp, where it's like, come and learn about a variety yeah. of things for yeah. WordPress development. Instead, perhaps focusing on something specific. One of the events I helped with earlier this year was Block Talk for talking about the block editor in WordPress. So every talk was related to that. That was very interesting. Um, I think... Uh, narrowing the focus more and having events that are, say, a couple hours long, that it's not a huge burden on someone's calendar to say, like, all right, well, I can make it to, say, a 90-minute event and really dig in and learn on this thing. Uh, it's probably going to be both better for the organizers because it's much easier to organize an experience around, say, a 90-minute schedule, and better for the attendees because they can say, like, all right, this is exactly what I'm here for. This is what I need. I'm for sure going to make time to come to this thing. Um, the other thing that I've been thinking about in terms of conferences, and this is broader uh, and even applies to physical events, is uh, catering the talks either towards a micro tutorial, like here's one thing that I'm going to teach you how to do and you're going to do it really well, uh, or uh, a case study where it's like, here is a, a problem I encountered 
these are the reasons that it was a problem. These are the solutions that I considered. This is what I tried and why it didn't work. Here's what we ultimately did and why I think it was a success because um, conferences aren't well suited for like a deep dive into a topic, but a case study is really well suited for wayfinding, helping people see uh, even if they've not encountered problems themselves, it'll help them to mitigate those, uh, either ideally to prevent them from encountering or when they do experience a problem, be like, ah, I remember this person talked about this exact thing. They tried these things. It didn't work. Uh, this solution that they did uh, isn't exactly going to work for me, but at least I now have the right direction to head. This episode is brought to you by CheckoutWC.com a premium plugin that replaces your WooCommerce checkout page with a beautiful, responsive, and conversion-optimized design. I've heard it myself working with shop owners over the last several years. The frustration of limited options they have for the checkout page design. And I know they're eager to implement best practices and good design to maximize conversions. This is where Checkout WC steps in with a solution that helps you with reduced abandoned carts and also helps you increase sales. The best part is that it works with any WordPress theme and you won't need to struggle with configuring page builders or even messing with code. In a nutshell, it's easy to get the checkout page the way you want it to be. Head on over to CheckoutWC.com and sign up for their seven-day free trial. And to top that off, drop in the promo code BOBWP and you'll get 10% off. That's checkoutwc.com. And now, back to our conversation. Taking away a little bit from that, but on the same subject, and I've been in some of those networking online attempts and yeah it's hard to replicate those it really is yeah do you see with as many as that you're doing and i'm not sure how many are actually sponsored these events the sponsors you know these sponsors that go to these events both small and large have thrived on that same thing that almost the hallway track thrives on that interaction that conversation just comes out of the blue course taking it online then it really does throw a wrench in things from your experience has there been any is it pretty much for the sponsors okay you got to realize this is an online event this is just kind of how it rolls and we can't get really 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 too creative with that part of it or is there opportunities there i think there are opportunities you're right so um, for people who aren't sponsors, the dilemma here is that sponsors have all of this budget that was set aside to sponsor and be present at events that are no longer happening, that may be happening yeah. virtually. And their return on that is way different. Uh, sponsoring an event is always a gamble because it's it's really hard to attribute your ROI from being even at a physical event. Let's say there's... Um, We'll take WordCamp US, for example, where there's, you know, around 1,500 people who attend. Uh, we'll say maybe 60% of those people will come by your booth. Maybe half of those will actually stop at your booth. Maybe half of those will actually have a conversation with you. Half of those, again, will actually give you their email address or some follow-up stuff. And suddenly, this 1,500-person event gets you 50 to 60 quality people to talk to about your product or service. Uh, really hard. But... 
theoretically, those people become really good fans for you, or, or at least some of them do. But being there, having people see your name as one touch point uh, of many is a really great opportunity because next time they come to think of what it is that your business does, oh, I remember seeing them at this event. Yeah, they seemed pretty neat. I'm going to check them out. And you can't track that as a sponsor. Like you can't say like, oh, they signed up here because seven months ago they they recognized our banner at an event. Uh, and it's even harder to do at a virtual event where you might have tracking links and things like that. We're like, we're going to see if we can get a better feel for the ROI here because people won't remember or use the tracking link. They might just type in your name. Like, oh, I'm just going to go to WooCommerce.com. Um, and so finding opportunities to interact with the attendees is difficult. As an organizer, I've made space for my sponsors during the main event. Each sponsor gets an opportunity to have their own session in the event. And I try to guide them to say, like, don't just use this as a pitch. I mean, you can if you want. It's your 15 minutes or, or whatever it is to, to use how you see fit. But you are going to uh, make many more fans by teaching them something and showing, perhaps demonstrating, our product is actually perfect for solving this kind of problem. And... Uh, and then besides that, like even, even that's not really enough. I, I don't exactly know the solution uh, because having a Zoom room, for example, having a virtual <laughs> booth isn't going to get you the same kind of traffic at a virtual event. There needs to be some kind of component that is interesting and engaging to the attendee, like join us for a 15-minute consultation on how to speed up your website, for example. Each person signs up for their own slot. You get some personalized one-on-one -on -one time with each of them. They get something valuable out of it. Like, oh, you should consider optimizing images like this. Try, you know, these other six strategies. And now they're theoretically going to be a fan for life. And they're going to be talking about that. But it's really hard to do. Um, takes a lot of time to plan and, and such. Yeah. Can I, oh, so I, uh, Brian, you just sparked some ideas. Uh, so we've, so at Nexus, we've been trying to, We've been trying to do something with the events, right? We we love sponsoring WordCamps. And now that they're all going online, that exploded our event strategy. And, you know, it. so we tried a lot of stuff where like we have... So we try to think Stump, the e-commerce expert, where they just ask me e-commerce questions and and they can <laughs> get a $25 Amazon gift card if they win. And like we got like two people. And then we tried other presentations and we tried, we tried a bunch of stuff. And the thing that worked the most for us is Nexus Nachos. People just what we we just we just cook food and chit chat. That's it. We just turned it into a cooking show, and we got like ten times as many people to our not a cooking show cooking show, and they just wanted to hang out and chat. And I think I think maybe we need to realize that the role of sponsors has changed from like yes. I have. I think people, you know, um, I've I've helped run run WordCamp Denver for many years, and people always come up and they're jazzed and they're excited, and they and then they want product features. And I think now we're like where social energy is so low, you will get more people to your booth by by having a social thing and make casually mention your product once or twice. I, I love that. Uh, yeah. it, it's interesting. So there's so many interesting things here where this pandemic is also provided the opportunity to rethink things. Because what occurs to me, because uh, Brian, you're talking about some of the, the challenges, the fuzziness of sponsorship at in-person events, right? And on the one hand, there is just a difference there, but it's also pointing, shining a bit of a light on a symptom of, you know, of that fuzziness. It, so you could take this idea of a cooking show, for instance, and have done that in person in theory, right? Like done something that's, you know, a, like something that's different, right? But there's something there about 
I think the service of the audience is we were also we were at WordCamp Europe and I had to think through like what are we going to do with Woo for for this and it became apparent to me pretty quickly okay this needs to be different we can't just have a bunch of people showing up and we had some advantages there was a lot of inherent interest because of e-commerce but we anyway so what we did was interesting but what I what I heard from others is it was fairly common for sponsors to be like there's like six, seven people in a room, in a Zoom room, and then one person pops in and it's like, whoa, okay. It's like people would just bounce. <laughs> like they come into the room and then see six people in like company t-shirts and it's it's quickly overwhelming. Whereas what you could do in person was sort of casually walk up and it wasn't just sort of this, this main focus thing. And I, I love the opportunity here to rethink and try creative things because what happens with this idea of the, the cooking show uh, – is that you've sort of lowered the stakes and it's kind of interesting. There's this sort of relaxation element to it and it's, it's people are curious about it. There's a lot of opportunity to just, I think, try more things like that. And it's in service of, it's almost, it's programming. It's kind of what it is, right? Like my experiment with uh, WooCommerce live over the past few months is like, this has got to be short. Like people are like, got to make it longer. And it's like, no, no, this has got to be short. It's got to be good. It's got to be tight. And we need to think, I'd love to see us draw more from the world of sports and uh, like live streaming video games and like think of it more of like, how do you create community around these shared experiences? When you go to a sporting event, like you're there all day, right? And it's not in the game, at least in my experience, is like a sub point. It's like the time you're having with friends, it's the food, it's the long waits, like it's all these sort of things around it. When you're at home, you arguably have a better gaming, uh, like, a viewing experience than if you were in person. And I think we need to take some of those same ideas and say, what the thing that you get in person needs to be really good. It probably needs to be a lot shorter and which you guys are already starting to recognize. And then we need to think about creative ways to bring community around that, where you can have shared experiences of like watching the game together. Uh, I don't know. There's, I, that's that's great. I'm glad to hear that you guys are experimenting and I hope to see just a lot more people experimenting. Don't try to, transfer this same thing it won't work we already see that what can you do creatively to provide value and you know and put yourself top of mind for the folks that you're trying to serve yeah i'm thinking if you transfer that back into the real life thing you know walk into a vendor space god i smell nachos you know type of thing <laughs> I mean, i'm just thinking through beyond whatever but um interesting stuff <laughs> well why don't we hear a little bit about Woo Sesh, you know, what you have planned going for that, because I know that we're, um, you know, moving up on the time here and wanted to get a little bit more insight into that and what people can expect. Um, I'll let um, either one of you start. So uh, let me let me talk a little bit about uh, just what what as you and attendee are going to see and hear there. Um, so if you've been to a previous Woosesh, uh, it's similar to previous years. Uh, so it's going to be a two-day event. Day one is for everyone. So if you use WooCommerce, you want to come to day one, we're going to have some awesome WooCommerce people and then a whole bunch of pe like people from Woo as well as a whole bunch of people who use WooCommerce talking. And you don't need any sort of specific, you don't need any credentials. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be a developer or a coder or anything for day one. Day two is where we, I also do like to go, you know, speaking of, of events, I like to, I like to make sure that the event is deep enough for people who want to be experts. And so day two is for people who have 
the ability to code. And so we're going to go a little bit deeper into some things. Like as an example, we have um, someone who who's optimized 20 WooCommerce sites, Luke Cavanaugh. He's going to tell us what did he learn by optimizing 20 WooCommerce sites, right? So he's going to tell us, here's these things, here's these things, here's these things. And probably about half to three quarters you can do without any code, but then just 10 to 25% of those things, you need to have a little bit of coding knowledge to understand and, and take to, to get the full advantage out of it. So that's kind of the content. We, we have about, Brian, I think it's about five main talks every day, and we have a couple <coughs> talks from some sponsors that kind of fill in some of the gaps. Um, but we have basically five main talks. You're not going to be overwhelmed. Uh, we're hoping, right, because uh, we all got lots of stuff going on. Um, and yeah, day one is for everyone. Day two is for coders. So that's the very short and sweet version. And I want to see what Brian builds on top of it. I'm going to build all kinds of extensions from that because that's <laughs> the way I operate. Uh, yeah, so that's exactly right. So if you're building stores <laughs> in any capacity, uh, you're going to find something of value on day one. You may also find something on day two. Like Patrick said, it's not exclusively we're talking about code every day. As I mentioned earlier, one of the realizations that I've had, we've had over the years is like um, general broad coding talks don't work well at a conference, but uh, specific tutorials and case studies work extremely mm -hmm. well. So we're sort of we've gear angled ourselves towards <laughs> those for this event to help people <clears throat> solve as many different problems as they can um, based on the content that we have. Uh, we are very mindful of, as I said, the, having breaks every hour so that you're not <clears throat> just plugged <clears throat> in for five <clears throat> straight hours. Um, and we're, we've been talking about, but haven't landed on any specific things to help people get excited at the start of the event and at the end of the event each day so that it's more than just, hey, come and learn these things. We, we want to have some community engagement. This is something we talked about earlier in the podcast. Um, but of course, virtual engagement is a very different thing. So it's not going to be as easy as like, hey, come early, grab a cup of coffee, uh, find some people who are talking about something that's interesting to you. But we're, we're thinking through a, a digital analog of that. And I don't think I have anything else to add about the programming. You did a pretty uh, tight job of uh, describing that, Patrick. I should mention uh, the website is woosesh.com, uh, W-O-O-S-E-S-H.com. The event is specifically happening on October 13 and 14 here in 2020, and it is completely free. You can sign up and attend, and it costs you nothing but time. And hopefully you'll see it tremendous return on that investment of time. And if you cannot make it for the live event, it is being recorded and it will be available on WP Sessions. We'll share some of the recordings that'll go up on the WooCommerce blog. Uh, we did that last year. So if you go to the WooCommerce blog now and search for WooSesh, you'll find a few of our learnings and recordings from past events. There's some pretty interesting stuff in those articles. Excellent. All righty. Well, I'm glad you were able to throw in that website because that does does help a lot as far as... You want tiny detail? Where is this thing? When is it? I, I presume it's built on WordPress, right? You would presume correctly. In fact, the entire registration experience is WooCommerce, but you wouldn't know that. Uh, if you go to wooseshcom slash register, it just looks like a registration form, but that's actually the checkout page for WooCommerce. It automatically awesome. adds a product to your cart, uh, has a bunch of custom fields that are related to the event that we're running, and then the order confirmation page and order confirmation email 
are entirely custom too. It doesn't look like WooCommerce at all, but it is. Cool. All righty. Well, that's good to know. Now everybody can run there and just look at it. Hopefully they'll remember to register while they're there too. So um, <laughs> they won't get you know, lost in looking at the actual uh, how right. you built it. Too distracted <laughs> by the uniqueness of it. Yeah, really. Okay. Well, anyway, great stuff. Uh, would have loved to talk even more, especially around events. A lot of stuff going on, but, uh, you know, we can do this again, you know, in the near future. And, uh, yeah, got a lot of stuff going on here on the Do the Woo. One quick shout out to the sponsor before we head out, WooCommerce.com. Again, 4.5 came out. Check it out. You know, minor update, but, hey, there's some stuff in there. Check out WC.com. Speaking of your checkout page. That's what you can do with this is you can create a custom checkout page. Take that default page. It's a slick tool. Yep. Do something a little bit different with it. And go WP.com. Why spend all your time with your clients doing the maintenance work? Do what you do best. Uh, Hire their team to take care of that part for your client sites. Well, I think that does it. And Jonathan, I think I'll go ahead and have you close out here. Awesome. So connections more important now than it's ever been. What are ways that uh, people can connect with each of you personally uh, to, to learn more about what you're doing, what you're working on? Patrick, let's start with you. Um, so uh, let me let me answer this with, uh, man, I have so many things I want to promote. So if you want to just see where I'm uh, just blogging, uh, speakinginbytes.com is where I, I hang out, B-Y-T-E-S, like computer bytes. Uh, I also have laidback.games if you want to see my WooCommerce store. Um, yeah, those are the two I want to promote. That's what I've got going on. I'm gonna have to check out your Fry Thief game. I've uh, that, that that sounds awesome. Check it out. It's fun. It's delightful. It's it's not too hard to learn. Yeah, thanks. That's awesome. Delightful is the perfect description of Fry Thief. It's that's just a, that's, a, that's a good takeaway for that's a good way to uh, that's a, that's what gaming should be, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's some that are a bit of a slog, but uh, you also want delightful experiences. Mm-hmm. Ryan, yeah. how about you? What are ways people can connect with you personally? So probably the easiest way is to find me on Twitter. My handle is Risen, but it's spelled R-Z-E-N, because I'm kind of illiterate. (laughs) And uh, from there, you can find everything else. WPSessions.com is where all of the recordings go for all the events that I host. And there's tons of uh, exclusive sessions and courses there with really top-notch presenters. Uh, and then WooSesh, of course, what we were talking about here, WooSesh.com, W-O-O-S-E-S-H.com. That's coming up on October 13 and 14. Free, fun, amazing. Uh, delightful, delightful, even. <laughs> delightful, even. Yes. You may be surprised and delighted if you come to WooSesh and you've never been there before. Uh, awesome. So that's uh, that's a wrap. If uh, Bob and you have a lot of great things coming up, if you guys aren't already, go to bobwp.com and subscribe. If you just scroll down, there's a nice little forum. Bob's got a lot of great things coming up with the Do the Woo community and a lot of fun things to look forward to. Thank you both for joining us, and uh, that's a wrap. <laughs>